Wie stark. Yeshua's Call, vielen Dank, so Corona Abstand. So Gib dir nochmal kräftigen Applaus. Richtig According super. According to social distancing regulations. Und ich möchte dir etwas verraten, ganz zu Beginn der Predigt. Heiligen Geist willkommen und wir möchten, dass er kommt. Aber wir müssen auch zum Hinkommen. Wir müssen hinlaufen, wir müssen bereit sein, damit er selber auch kommen kann. Wie habe ich so den Eindruck gehabt, heute wollen wir etwas machen, was wir so noch nie getan haben. Du kannst ja nicht jetzt zum anderen hingehen und die Hände aufhängen, das geht nicht. Das heißt, wir sind hier ja auch in einem gebührenden Abstand, aber wir werden zum Ende der Predigt unsere Hände ausstrecken für unsere Reach out our hands towards our neighbor and just expect the Holy Spirit to touch that person. And at the same time, we're going to reach out our hands to everybody who is watching us online on the live stream. And we're so connected with you, all of you who are watching us from Germany and from other nations. I believe that the Holy Spirit, that the power of the Holy Spirit, is going to touch you today. He will come if you ask him to come. I still remember when we were in our 20s, mid-20s, we came to Tübingen as students. We had been invited to the former GDR, the part of Germany, and they asked us to pray for the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit. And I said, oh, how am I going to do this? Okay, Lord, according to your promise in the Bible, we just lay hands on them, we prayed for them, and I still remember that I was closing my eyes because my faith was not quite big, so we were just praying together, Holy Spirit, fill me from head to toe. And we said, yes, let's pray like that as well. And while they were praying, their prayer changed and transitioned into a prayer of in tongues. And God's power and God's joy came upon them. And my friends, this is not some sort of charismatic experience, Pentecostal experience that belongs to Pentecostal churches, or to some people who have a special mystic experience. No, but this is an original Christian experience, right? And this experience, this is right from heaven, because Jesus commanded this. Jesus said, whenever I go to the Father on Ascension Day, meet up in Jerusalem, and I will come with the power of the Holy Spirit upon you. And that was the first, the original church. So the Protestant church goes back to that, the Catholic church goes back to that, um, the Orthodox Church, Free Churches, Evangelical Churches, they all go back to this original model of the First Church. The Holy Spirit came with tongues of fire. And my friends, yesterday in Bible Talks, we talked about this. They were not bouncing, they were not dancing, they were just sitting there. So schön, gell? Isn't also von daher, auch great. wenn du ganz gemütlich da sitzt, Even if you're just sitting there comfortably, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And we'll see what is going to happen. Alright, so we live at a special time. Pentecost 2020. And this is, of course, even more special than usual. During the Corona crisis, right between Pesach and Shavuot, between Easter, 
ist ein besonderer Zeitraum. Und es gibt so viele prophetische Worte, die eben sagen, dass in dieser Zeit ist eine Vorbereitung ist, weltweit noch nie gegeben hat, dass fast alle in den Nationen hinter verschlossenen Türen waren. Es hat noch nie gegeben, dass Israel zu Pesach die Türen verschließen mussten. Das hat damals die Premierminister Netanyahu kommentiert auf das. This had never happened before, and this crisis is not over yet. We're so grateful for what we see in Germany. Because if we look to the United States, for instance, or to Latin America or other nations, it's a different matter. So this is a worldwide alarm call from God, and we have to listen to this, and we have to hear this call from God. And during the time of lockdown, we're called to have fellowship with Him, to have intimacy with God, and it's God's call to have fellowship with him. And I believe at the same time, I mean, this is astonishing, but the 40 days have also been marked by renouncing. We had to renounce on uh, services. We were not able to visit our grandfathers, to see our friends, and all the things we had to Renounce. And I believe that the Holy Spirit, even in that, wants to show us something and wants to teach us something. So we live at a very special time of prayer. We had the Global Shavuot Prayer Day this week. Our conference, and we're so grateful for everybody, for all those people who were who joined in that stream and the conference. There was a total of like five or six thousand people. More than forty nations were connected. More than fifty ministries were uh, connected to that. If people had told me that a few months back, I probably wouldn't have believed it. But everything is coming together, and I was also invited uh, to a prayer chain, a prayer chain from IC. And they started praying in the Fijis. And yesterday, in the morning at 5 a.m., I found myself in a prayer chain with Fiji Islands and with Australia. And they prayed for 12 hours, ending up in Israel. And this month, uh, this morning, I was invited by Yehuda Glick, the former member of Knesset. I think most of you know him. And uh, he wanted to carry the prayer up onto the Temple Mount. And I was invited to be part of that prayer, and I was supposed to pray Psalm 133. And while he was walking up to the Temple Mount, people were connected from Hawaii, from China, from all over the place. And they were reading the Psalms, proclaiming the Word of God. This is a very special time. Ist eine Zeit, über die Apostelgeschichte 2 wir nachlesen können. Und Acts 2 spricht über Joel 3, 1 bis 5. Out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. 
Und ich will Wunder I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is Acts 2 from verse 17. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, I got saved man so schön sagt, von Tuten und Blasen und I had no idea about anything. Ich bin nicht christlich erzogen worden, sondern bin in einem Elternhaus groß geworden. Ich bin sehr dankbar für mein Elternhaus, aber persönliche Beziehung habe ich dort nicht bekommen. Und ich bin sehr dankbar für Freunde, die für mich gebetet haben, für eine Evangelisation, die ich eingeladen worden bin, von dem Pastor und Gründer der Jesus-People, von Volker Spitzer, in And I gave my, my life to the Lord back then. And I thought, well, this is cool. This is great. And I was taking my first steps with Jesus, but my teenage friend came up to me and said, Jobs, this is not enough. You have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I was really mad at him. I was angry because I thought that God could be, you know, he was lucky to have me. Why, in the, why on earth do I need the Holy Spirit? But then I read this in Acts 2, so something was missing. Something was missing in my life. And sometimes we get saved and we receive the Holy Spirit because we cannot get saved without the Holy Spirit. You will be born again. And then you get baptized. Und vielleicht ist es dann, dass du die Taufe und die Erfüllung mit dem Heiligen Geist erlebst. Und so war es dann auch bei mir nach einem Zeitpunkt. Ich erlebte das in einem evangelischen Segnungsgottesdienst von einem evangelischen Pfarrer, der über die Kraft und die Taufe des Heiligen Geistes lehrte. Da muss man heute immer wieder mal ganz laut sagen, dass es sowas gab. Ich glaube, es gibt auch ab und zu heute noch. Und ich denke, es gibt es immer noch. Er lehrte darüber. Und in mir war so ein Hunger und ich betete, ich weiß nicht wie lange, vielleicht drei Monate, vier Monate, fünf Monate, morgens und abends, morning, kannst du mir begegnen und ich Holy weiß nicht, abends mein Knie lag und die Kraft des Heiligen Geistes kam und mein Gebet ging ein Sprachengebet über und ich merke, wie der Heilige Geist kam, in mich hineinkam, ich erfüllte, es war eine Riesenfreude, ein Segen, der Himmel öffnete sich. Und schau mal, viele Menschen, Look, many people make an experience like that. Many of you have had an experience like that. And many of us stop at that very point. Und vielleicht hast du die Erfüllung im Heiligen Geist erlebt. Vielleicht betest du in Sprache, vielleicht hast du Erfahrung mit dem Heiligen Geist gemacht. Aber ich möchte, dass du Folgendes verstehst. Nach der Errettung, nach der Wassertaufe, nach der Erfüllung mit dem Heiligen Geist, da wartet die dritte Person der Dreieinigkeit, der Heilige Geist, dass du ihn persönlich to have an impersonal encounter with him. Es reicht nicht, eine It's Erfahrung not enough just to have had one experience. It's also not enough to just have some sort of the theological opinion. Und du weißt, es ist ein And you know that there is a huge difference if I meet somebody in person or if I just know about that person. Und du lernst sehr viel von Menschen, denen du begegnet bist. From people that you have actually had an encounter with. Ja, ich meine For example, 
Bücher über den Heiligen Geist, Benny hingelesen. Ich glaube, es viele von uns about the Holy Spirit by Heiliger Geist in the books from by natürlich auch ein Bonke Holy Spirit and of course Ben Bonke also taught about the Holy Spirit in Rodney Howard Brown and all the others. Das war wichtig. And that was important. That was good. But when I had, when I met in Israel, the opportunity we were in Israel, Charlotte and I, and we had the opportunity to have breakfast with Benny Hinn, and that was totally different experience. Different experience. And when Rainer Bonnke came to Tübingen, when we were still in our tent hall, I noticed that Rainer Bonnke likes to eat steaks. So I learned new facets of a different person. And the thing is also another difference if you get to spend time with somebody. We can have short encounters with one another here, but we can also spend time together. At one point, we were traveling in Israel, and uh, we had the opportunity to spend longer time with them. And we got to know each other much more. And it's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. When I was spending time with him, I learned something new about his character. I learned what he likes and what he dislikes. How he speaks and when he speaks. When he does not speak. And schau mal, der Heilige Geist gebrauchte Männer und Frauen Gottes mit Büchern und Predigten und Lehren, um mich vorzubereiten. Den Heiligen Geist. Aber 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 den Heiligen Benny Hinn, Reinhard Bonnke, and all the rest of them, they did not come to my home to teach me about the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit himself can do this. The Holy Spirit can only prepare us when we sit down and not just say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you and then we live as we did. But when we run to him, stay with him and wait for him. When I have a personal encounter with him in prayer, who is the Holy Spirit? We know that the Holy Spirit is a person, right? For many of us, this is not a new piece of knowledge. But astonishingly, we treat him as if he were just some sort of power, mystical force. No, he's a person. There's the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And what makes a person? The Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is a person, and what makes him a person? Just think of When you are invited to come to a funeral, and you saw somebody who had died, who's dead, you just saw the dead body. Maybe a dead body in a, in a coffin. And when you see the dead body, do you see a person? Not really, right? You just see a dead body, a corpse. Der Mensch wird nicht durch seinen Körper ausgemacht, sondern durch seine Persönlichkeit. Kneif mal deinen Nachbarn links und rechts, rein, links und rechts rein. Because okay. of their body, but because of their sitzt, character, of personality. So just pinch your neighbor or maybe yourself. Deine Persönlichkeit wird ausgemacht durch deinen Verstand, durch deine Persönlichkeit, durch dein Gefühl. Your personality is made up 
by your mind, by your feelings, by your understanding. And the Holy Spirit is like that. He can be hurt, he can be disappointed, he can speak. The Holy Spirit has his own will. He guides us and leads us according to Romans 8.14. Acts 16.6 teaches us that he takes this, makes decisions. He is a God of fellowship and this is also very important. And the question is, what does he do? What is his function? The function of the Holy Spirit. And let's have a look at this before we come to a very important verse. So first of all, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Father. And the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Son. The Holy Spirit is the power of the Godhead. He is the power of the, tri of the Trinity. But that's not all. I'm trying to illustrate this for you. We know this, that the Father speaks, right? He speaks. There should be light, and there was light. The Father commands. He speaks the word, right? The Son then fulfills the task. The task of salvation, of redemption. He went to the cross. He's, he was sent by the Father, went up to the cross to fulfill this task. And the Holy Spirit helps this task to be completed. And there is a wonderful image. The Father speaks that there should be light, and the Son is going to turn the switch from minus to the plus. And the Holy Spirit makes the light bulb shine. He is the power, the current, the electricity. It's the power of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Word of God teaches us and says that He is the Spirit of Fellowship. And this is important to hear this. Without the Holy Spirit, I cannot have fellowship with the Father and with the Son. Ephesians 2, 18. For through Him, we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. He restores the relationship with the Father. That's why the Holy Spirit yearns more to have fellowship with you than you might ever yearn to have fellowship with Him. A few weeks ago, I had a time, my time with the Lord and I was reading the word from uh, Revelations, from the book of Revelations 3.20. Look, I'm standing at the door, knocking on the door, and whoever opens up, I will come in and have fellowship with you. And the Father said to me, Hey, I, w I have such a yearning to have fellowship with you more than you could ever yearn to have fellowship with me. The Holy Spirit is yearning for that. My friends, we cannot even imagine this. The Holy Spirit 
is hungering to be together with you. Have you ever seen this? You were in a place of worship and the presence of God was there. You were in prayer. And in one moment, you were about to leave, but then you felt like, oh, I should stay here. And what you felt in that moment was really the yearning of the Holy Spirit to spend more time with you. You sense and you feel the glory of God. And maybe you say, oh, I have to go. But really, maybe you feel like the Holy Spirit wants you to stay. It's the yearning of the Holy Spirit. To be have fellowship with Him is not just prayer requests, but fellowship is something different, right? It's His love. And I started waiting on the Holy Spirit. Not just praying, and of course it's right. It's the right thing to intercede and to pray. It's of course it's right. But just to say, Lord, here I am, Holy Spirit. Just to spend time with Him, wait for Him. Sometimes I just spend hour and hour and hours on end in His presence, and the presence of God came into my room with His power, with His love. And yes, He did come with His words, with His peace. He spoke to me. And the first thing the Holy Spirit taught me was, you don't have to yield results in this time of prayer. Just the fact that you spend time with me, you show your love to me, this is enough for me. You don't have to pray something through. You don't have to finish something necessarily. But just the mere fact of you being together with me shows me that you love me. And the Holy Spirit asked me to spend more time with him. And this, the same thing happened with the disciples after Pentecost. They had deep fellowship with the Holy Spirit and they were walking in friendship. The Holy Spirit was leading them. The Holy Spirit is so sensitive. He wants to be asked. He wants us to wait for Him, to yearn for Him. Sometimes I'm so busy praying for so many things and at one point I stop and say, Holy Spirit, I am so sorry. I did not actually have you in my heart. I'm so sorry I hurt you. Sorry I didn't love you enough. You know, the Holy Spirit doesn't just speak like that, but He speaks when we start speaking to Him, setting our minds on Him. You know, and what happens then? And this is so glorious. This is so great. When, when you spend time with Him, he transforms you into the image of Jesus. Somebody who knows the presence of the Holy Spirit is automatically being transformed into his image. And I've always been wondering, how can it be that people live with, the Holy with, with Jesus for 30 or 40 years and they keep being disappointed, even more disappointed than they used to? This shouldn't be so, because we're being transformed into his image, right? This is what his word says. Somebody who has fellowship with the Holy Spirit is being transformed automatically into the image of the Son. Or vice versa. You know, we can only glorify Jesus when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We can only glorify Jesus 
verbringt. When we spend time with him. Jede Handlung Any in deinem action und in meinem Leben in your life and in my life reflects womit wir unser Leben ausfüllen. What we fill our life with. Auch das sagt das Wort Gottes. This is also ja, what the also word of God says. When we listen to the news from morning to night, day in, day out, and of course we should keep up to date, but if we're just stuffed with negative news, what is going to happen? We're going to be like a source of news, of bad news. If we live from movies, or media, the media, you are only going to speak about films or the media. But if you are filled with the Holy Spirit and His presence is getting stronger and stronger in you, something is going to happen. The Word of God says that you will seek Him and your attitude is going to change. The attitude of Christ in you, the nature of Christ, it's going to happen in you. Second Corinthians 3.18 says, when we look at the Lord's glory, we are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing increasing glory. And I believe that there is a prophetic message in Philippians 2 on this day of Pentecost 2020. A few days back, I spent time with the Lord and I was reading Philippians 2 and I just got stuck in the very first sentence here and this is um, verse 5. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And I kept reading it over and over and I thought by mys for mys by myself, Lord, if I'm honest with myself, I've never really understood what this sentence actually means. It sounds so obsolete, so old. He, God made himself nothing. And the Word of God says that the Holy Spirit leads us in all truth and we can ask Him and He will teach us. And the Holy Spirit started speaking to me and He showed me a few words here. And the first thing that the Holy Spirit spoke to me about was this word attitude. The Greek word is phroneo. We know this word? You know, attitude of a person, maybe to have a political attitude, a humanist attitude, anti-Semitic attitude, right-wing attitude. We know this word, attitude. But the biblical meaning of this word, this word attitude is that my attitude is what my thoughts are focused on, what influences my thoughts, my sense, my mind, my thoughts, day in, day out, whatever you reflect on, what influences your actions, your attitude towards certain things. This is the meaning of attitude, and it's not so far away from what the dictionary says. The dictionary says that this is the basic attitude, the basic way of thinking of a person. So this really makes up my personality. You tell me what you think about all day, what is important to you, what determines your attitude, and I will tell you who you are. Right? So our personality is determined by our attitude. And I thought, 
that the attitude is like a guiding principle of the Holy Spirit. It's the sense, the attitude, the nature of Christ. We need the same system, like a GPS system that directs us on the road, right? So we know the GPS system that kind of leads us, that leads our personality. We can read this in the Word of God, that the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. He leads and guides our steps. He leads you into fellowship with the Son and the Father. Every one of us knows what the GPS is, right? Okay. Okay. So any GPS system only works first if you know it. I don't know about you. My first GPS system was a catastrophe. I didn't know how to adjust it. It was leading me into the wrong way. And I really trusted the natural road more than this electric device. Okay, and secondly, the GPS has to be switched on. There is no use in a GPS that is switched off. Amen? Can I hear your voice? Amen, yes. Are you still in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, in the joy of the Holy Spirit? Are you still present? Okay. Hallelujah. So I don't have to tell you anything about the GPS. Okay, the third thing is equally important. You have to trust the GPS system because if you are on the road with a GPS system and it tells you to turn right and you turn left, you will run into a big problem. Has anybody experienced that before? Well, I don't really believe this, right? This is not going to help you very much. And it's the same thing about the Holy Spirit. You have to know Him, you have to be connected to Him, and you have to fully rely on Him and trust Him. The attitude. And another word in this uh, Philippians 2 is the fellowship. talks about fellowship here. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. It's His calling for us to have fellowship with one another and we have to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Without the fellowship with the Holy Spirit, we cannot have fellowship with one another. So koinonia means partnership, fellowship. Without koinonia, we cannot have fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right? I think we understood this. And the third word is, let's see, there's a sign here, a mathematical sign, which means it looks like an equal sign, and there is a little, there's a little hook on top of it and it's a special character from mathematics and this sign actually means that there are different units for example if you take a test and it says a hundred points gives a grade A okay yields grade A or for example to run for a hundred meters it is equal to or equivalent, let's say equivalent to 11 seconds, okay? So if there are, if there are different units, we use this. So how is it with us and God? I think people and God, these are different units, right? So the first sentence, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, means that your attitude and my attitude, whatever makes up our personality, 
will be determined by Jesus and that according to that measure that we have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We can only be transformed into the image of Christ Jesus when we have fellowship with the Holy Spirit because He shows us the attitude and the nature of Christ Jesus. Do we want to have it? Really? Do we want to be transformed into the image of Christ? Do we want to follow Jesus like the Word of God says? Or do we just want to be saved and live a Christian lifestyle? Do we really want to take the attitude of Jesus seriously, the image of Christ seriously, that we are being transformed? Let's have a look at this as I wrap up this message. So what happened? He made himself nothing. First point. The Greek word, to make himself nothing. He made himself empty. He vacated himself. He was and he is the Son of God and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit from the beginning of creation. They existed. And when Jesus became a human being, he renounced anything that he had. And this is the beginning. This is the meaning of kino'o, to renounce your rights. Renounce your position. Renounce advantages. Jesus renounced his position to be equal to God when he became a human. He renounced his right. And when we do that, we are going to lose something. I had to think about this. For example, when our stomach is being emptied, we don't have any strength left, right? When the tank of a car is empty, or a car is being emptied, emptied, there is no way of driving it anymore, right? So, Jesus renounced. He renounced his possessions, his advantages, and he even renounced being equal to God. Let's think about this for a moment. What happens when all of a sudden we have a feeling that we have to renounce? And I had to think about this time of, the, of Corona. Wasn't this what happened? We had to renounce certain rights and church services, cell groups, relationships, relationship with our parents, grandparents. We had to renounce going to school and having classes and even the basic rights in some respects. Could it be that God is asking us in this time and he's preparing us and we are going to see how we are about to embark on financial crises. God says, I want to, want to lift you up. I want to transform you into my image. Yes, I want you to wait for me. I want you to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And I want, you to, I want to teach you what Kinoo is all about. And once we do that, we're going to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. And we will experience how God himself is going to do something that we ourselves cannot do. He became 
take, took on the very nature of a servant. A servant in Greek is doulos. He was a servant. He served. Somebody who empties himself out. Somebody who makes himself nothing. Somebody who serves. That doesn't look very attractive, does it? Is that the attitude, Holy Spirit, that he wants to teach, want to teach us? I believe that. He humbled himself. He became obedient to death. That's the, the attitude of Christ, the nature of Christ. So he humbled himself. Is that what the Lord wants to into us through the fellowship and through the anointing of the Holy Spirit? When we spend time with the Holy Spirit, he is going to prepare us. He's going to prepare us as a people of God to renounce our rights and receive all justice and righteousness from God. Those who humble themselves before God, not make themselves low, but humble ourselves before the Lord, saying, Lord, I want your image, I want your spirit to be visible in me. That's why God exalted him to the highest place that at the name of Jesus every knee sh should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Do we want this? This can only happen when we're in fellowship with him. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We want this, right? But this is not just some sort of mass gospel crusade. There will not just be an evangelist showing up and one million or five million people are going to be evangelized. No, there will be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that is going to transform his church into the image of Jesus to walk into a tremendous authority. He humbled himself. I'm about to wrap up, wrap up this message. What does it actually mean to be humble? What was that? We have such strange images sometimes in our head about humbleness. But somebody who is humble is somebody who can forgive others, who can ask for help. Help, and it's hard to insult somebody like that. Somebody who is patient to wait until God acts. A humble person is not frustrated with other people's weaknesses. And that a humble person yields peace, not strife. Somebody who is thankful to be able to serve others in the name of Jesus without being seen. A humble person is somebody who serves God and knows that his reward is going to come from God. Somebody with a humble spirit treats the other person respectfully. Wow. When I think of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on our nation, I believe in that. But it's not just going to be some sort of superman power coming upon the church and we're going to just raise up and fly on. 
Kraft aus Rüstung, die Salbung des Heiligen Geistes, die uns verwandelt in das Bild Jesu. Und wir müssen Ja sagen, das ist das. Und wir müssen Ja zu das. Das ist die Vorbereitung für eine Zeit. That is the preparation for a time. Vielleicht von Krisen, vielleicht Maybe von Licht und Finsternis, crisis, von ich weiß es nicht. Light and Aber darkness, eine Zeit, of resistance. in der Gott sagt, But it's a time, and God says about this, if you live like that, I will bless through the power of the Holy Spirit, and I will lift you up. How can I have fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Just give me one or two minutes, more minutes, please. Firstly, we have to overcome hurdles, obstacles. And everybody has to do that. If you start praying, spending time with the Holy Spirit, there will be obstacles. Everybody has to overcome them, myself included. The first obstacle is the spirit of this world that says that there's always something more important to do but spending time with the Holy Spirit. The second obstacle is hard work that says that you have to work hard before you get something. Third obstacle is the spirit of lie, of lies. So there are always arguments and lies that stand against fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And the devil, Satan, is the father of all lies. Anything that wants to keep you away from God is not from God. Next point is that we have to take the right steps. It's time to take the right steps das heißt, sage, with ja, the Holy Spirit. I say yes to have fellowship with him and secondly ich warte auf is I wait for him. Ich ihm nicht die Ohren voll. I'm not just screaming into his ears. Ich nicht wie ein Heide. I'm not going to rattle on oh, speaking ja, Zeiten, like pagans. Bitten, and, sagt, and of course there are times when I ja, can ask him and the word of God says that we should ask him, that we should intercede. There are times of praying in authority, of course. But also you're supposed to wait. You should be waiting for him and welcoming him. And thirdly, the Lord has given us such a great gift of speaking in tongues. Don't despise this gift of the Holy Spirit. Don't despise it. It's this gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Word of God says that when we don't know what, how to pray, He is going to represent us in the heavenly realms with unspeakable prayers. And we pray in tongues because I know that this is the Holy Spirit praying in me because He knows what to pray. And I just worship him. And I honor him. First Corinthians, we can read that we should worship the Lord in the spirit and in with our minds. And I worship him. Und ich entlaste meine Zeit von einem Ergebnis, das ich haben muss. Ich habe es schon gesagt. Das muss ich jetzt durchhalten. Hey, I don't have to finish Sometimes I walk away da from times with the Holy Spirit null. and nothing Nichts. is happen happening in me oh, emotionally. Yeah. And I don't need that. Hey, weil Liebe because love doesn't prove itself in your emotions. Sind auch oft da. Of course, the emotions are Liebe there as well a lot of the times. But love shows itself in what I do. Absolutely. Is that true? Those of you who are married? <laughs> 